Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Somebody say, fulfill. Three rewarding shirts today. God wants to remind us through these next couple of weeks that this is still a year of fulfillment. I know the first half of the year didn't feel like it. But God is not confined to time. He don't need a whole year to do what he said he's going to do. Tell somebody, he don't need a whole year. He doesn't need a whole week. God just needs a moment. So many times when God speaks something from eternity to where there is no measure of time so that we can comprehend it in our infinitesimal minds, we try to reduce it down. We try to reduce it down to something measurable, something concrete, something rational. But tell somebody, God cannot be reasoned. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His timing is beyond our timing. And I want you to know that this is still a year of fulfillment. I know it hasn't felt like it. I know it doesn't look like it. I know what the doctor has said doesn't sound like it. I know what your bank account and the credit report says doesn't echo what God's word has said. But God's word does not need counsel. When God declares a thing, he doesn't need a peanut gallery to say amen. When God's word is spoken, it is already established. All God needs is somebody to believe and receive. Anything you ask when you pray, believe you receive it. And you shall have it. Anything you ask when you pray, believe you receive you shall have it. Sometimes we make it so complicated. But anything you ask when you believe you receive, God's word has already been spoken. That this is a year of fulfillment. Tell, tell somebody this is a year of fulfillment for you. I don't know what fulfillment looks like for you. Maybe that's the reason it's slow because, because maybe you haven't defined it. But God says that this is a year of fulfillment for you. I can place an order in with Amazon. It's not until it's delivered is the order fulfilled. 
Fulfillment means the full delivery of what God promised to you. In the color, in the size, in the shape that God said it was. Don't modify. God doesn't need your help to reduce down the specificity to help God out. If God told you it was going to be like this, hold God to it. He's not afraid of a challenge. But I want us to talk over the next couple of weeks of how to position ourselves so that we can receive the optimum. Somebody say the optimum. So many times we settle for the crumbs of God. We settle for the things that are ancillary. The things that come from just being under the mushroom cloud of being in God's grace. But how many know there are specific promises? The word of God calls them exceeding precious promises that the word of God has for us. That has for God's children. There are certain things that my children are privy to that no other person in this world is privy to because they have the specific tie to me as their father. Do you understand? Do you have to understand that there are exceeding precious promises that are tailor-made to you because you belong to God? God gave you an original fingerprint. Nobody else has your voice signature. Nobody else has your eye signature. God tailor-made you, and with your tailor-made situation, way God made you, your proclivities, your your quirks the way God made you he also had exceeding precious promises that are tailor made for you don't settle for the generic when God has the specific I thank the Lord for general blessing I thank the Lord for general grace but there is tailor made grace and favor for the assignment that he has for my life. And so our discussion over the next couple of weeks is going to be positioning ourselves. Somebody say position yourself. If y'all would stand for me, I'm going to read one scripture. Thank y'all singers. God bless you. Second John 2 and 1. I want to re- just remind you of what God thinks of you first of all. Somebody say soul detox. How many ever been through a cleanse before? Colon cleanse. Anybody, anybody ever got prepared for a colonoscopy? Lord have mercy. That stuff you got to drink and feel like a fire hydrant by the time you get ready to go. <laughs> Anybody ever been there? Well, I've been there. Well, God said the same way that we do, it's good to cleanse yourself every now and then. Get off a little red meat and, you know, get rid of the junk food and be surprised how good you feel. Because your body is saying, this is what I've been needing to work right. I didn't need all that stuff. But God said, we have need to detox. These souls are ours. Somebody say your soul. For the sake of conversation, the soul is your your mind, your will, your emotions, your spirit. So many times I don't want to just assume that people just know. But somebody say your soul. 
I say the same way we tend to these bodies and clean them out. Same way you change your oil every, supposed to be every 3,000 miles, right? Same way you change your filter on your air conditioning unit at home. Right? Isn't it funny how we'll do maintenance to other things? But I saw. We'll go, go, go get a physical every year, and you should. And you should. When's the last time you had a checkup on your soul? Wow. You know, you go to the doctor, they, they take a labs. A couple of days to get, you know, to get your lab, they tell you to do a fasting so we can see what your blood sugar is and all that stuff. And then you go in and they get you weight and they, they get your resting blood pressure and all that, you know, all that stuff. And we go there so that we can get results and information so that then we can take requisite steps. Either keep doing this, stop doing this, start taking this vitamin. Hey, you know, you're getting this age, and at this age, this starts happening, so you need to start doing this. When's the last time you did that for your soul? For your mind? For your will? For your emotions? I, I, I want to I prove a little something over the next couple of minutes to show you why, which is why you need to do it. Third John 2 and 1 says this. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul your mind will and your emotions prosper I want you to understand this God himself says I've got a lot of desires but my highest desire is that you prosper. And that's, that, 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 struck, that pokes a hole in somebody's balloon. All oh, this prosperity gospel. I know people can go too far with it. But God takes, God takes no delight in you being broke, poor, disgusted. Three teeth in your head. Holes you didn't mean to have in your jeans. You know, I mean, we got, we got to get them on purpose now shoes talking and all that stuff all like that that's not God's desire Tell somebody, that's not God's desire for you the reason that God has to keep some people poor is because they can't handle the prosperity and he said I want you to prosper but it has to go via your soul you having the money everybody rich would have sense Kanye West would have some sense because he's got money but he ain't got good sense there's something going on on his soul in his mind his will and his emotions but suppose if God was able to prosper his soul first then he'd be doing something God says, I want to prosper you. My highest desire, tell somebody God's highest desire is that you prosper. 
You know why? Because you're his child. Every parent wants their child to do better than they did. If you don't, something wrong. He's jealous for our attention, but he's not jealous of his children. So when, when people see, oh, you belong to God, say, oh, you got a good father. Look at you. Look at your relationships. You ain't begging for nothing. You ain't complaining about nothing because God meets all your needs. You are the billboard. You tell, you tell the world how good your father is. So tell somebody he wants you to prosper. Above all, but the vehicle to prosperity is through your soul. I want y'all to understand this. I've, I've already preached today already. Tell somebody it's via your soul. You can have a seat. Proverbs 4 and 3 says, I just want to establish, tell somebody, it's about your soul. It's about your soul. We get carried away about finances and we get carried away about issues with the body and we get carried away about, uh, about relational issues. It's all about the soul. See, in Genesis, God shaped Adam from the dust. He formed him. And he was, he was, just, he was just clay formed. Until the Bible says, and God breathed the breath of life into him. And he became a living soul. That's what makes us different from any other creature. We have a soul. because we have to rest these bodies and because we have to feed these bodies and because there are so many things out in the world to, to, uh, to uh, entertain these bodies and, and work these bodies out, we think that we are bodies first. But that's contrary to the fact. We're souls. We're not bodies that have souls. We're souls that live in bodies and it is the soul of you that when this body wastes away and it beats its final heartbeat it breathes its final breath it's your soul that is going to live on forever it's what came from God and it's what God designed to come back to him but it's what we do in these bodies oh I'm teaching today it's what we do in these bodies that determines where the soul goes to. Somebody say the soul. So you, if you don't leave with nothing else, the soul is the most important thing. But profit a man to gain the whole world and lose your very soul. Tell somebody, don't lose your soul. And so don't mean losing and dying. You can, you can be breathing, living with a clean bill of health and have lost your soul. Oh, God. Empty. No real relationships. Lonely. Scared to be by yourself. Scared to, scared to go to sleep because of what's going on in your soul. Proverbs 4 and 3 says this. Keep thine heart or your soul 
with all diligence, mean work as hard as you can to, to guard your soul. For out of it flows the issues of life. That's what Proverbs 4 and 3. The, the New Living Translation says, guard your heart above all else. We're trying to guard our property. We're trying to guard what they're saying about us on the, on, on, at the workplace. We're trying to guard our new J's, make sure don't like no scuffs on them. But God said you need to guard your soul above everything else. What you let get into it. What your soul dwells on. You know why? Because out of it are going to flow the issues of life. The NLT says this. He says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. I've said it before and I'll say it again. That life is not going to happen to you. Life is going to come out of you. The course of your life is not happening to you. Some of the time we act like we're just, we're just you know, rats in a maze and we're leaves blowing in the wind. No, 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 no. Where you are right now is a total sum of what has been in your heart. The decisions you've made, the people you've been in contact with, what you let, what you, what you let people speak into your life, what you believe, what you acted upon, your fears, your aspirations, the thing you will overcome, the things you let suppress you, your life is not happening to you. Your life is coming out of you. So if you're not satisfied with the status of your life, you have no one else to blame but the person that is in the mirror. There ain't a devil big enough to stop you from fulfilling what God has called you to do. Tell somebody your life is coming out of you. It's coming out of your soul, out of your mind, your will, your emotions. So God said you need to guard it with all diligence. Turn with me to John 10 and 10. So first thing we've established is that God has an obsession with you prospering because it makes him look good. He's got a vested interest in you doing well. But God has established a principle that is going to come via your heart. It's going to come via your soul prospering. So that's the reason that we have to guard it. That's the reason we have to do maintenance on it because it's the most valuable thing to God, your soul. He don't care about the house. He don't care about the car. He don't care about the career. He said, if you get your soul right, all these other things are going to follow a right soul. He said, work on your soul first. And then you can handle the prosperity. Y'all get that? Tell us about to work on your soul first. he says this John 10 and 10 now if God knows that the soul is the most important thing it doesn't matter now I know that the soul is the most important thing look what the enemy knows John 10 and 10 says this 
the thief comes for no other purpose but to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's the A clause. Jesus said, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundant. You have to understand that Satan is anti-Christ. He's anti-King. So many times we can, we can create that this, this enigma of what anti-Christ is. It's literally just anti-Jesus. Anything that's anti-Jesus agenda is anti-Christ. It ain't got to be 666 all across the head and people got computer chips in them. Anything that is against the agenda of Jesus Christ and his church is anti-Christ. And there's a reason that we call Satan the adversary. His job is to oppose the will and the agenda of Jesus Christ and his church. So Jesus gave a contrast. He gave a dichotomy. If we, can, if we read it backwards, I used to take Latin and you read from the back to the front. And, and, and if you read from the back, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly, but my adversary came to steal from you. He came to kill and he came to destroy everything that I came to establish. So everything that God came to establish and bless, the enemy came to destroy and take from. Did everybody understand that? And so if God understands that I want you to prosper, it's my highest desire that you prosper. I'm just making a, I'm just making a case for detox today, okay? So we ain't getting into no deep stuff. I'm making a case for detox. Tell somebody, he's making a case for it. God said, if, if your prosperity is, is, the, is the principal thing, you, you, you being a good billboard, you being a good representative for me, that's the main thing that I want for your life. That's the highest desire above all that I have for you. But it's got to come through the principle and this thing I created called the soul of a man that I breathed into Adam that we all inherited from each other. And then, now that you know that, I need you to do proper maintenance on it. I need you to guard it. I need you to cast everything out that is against my word and my desire for your life. If God knows that and you know that, guess who else knows that? The devil knows. He knows the principle that, that the soul is the mixing chamber by which your life is going to spring out of So if I were the devil, I would not attack your money. That's just one section of you. I just want to attack your health. I get more bang for the buck if I attack you at the soul. God from Zion. He's stupid, but he's wise. He was stupid enough to think he was greater than God, so he got kicked out of heaven. But he's cunning and he's wise. And so many times there are people that are saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled for 40 and 50 years, but they are not living a prosperous life because the devil has affected them in their soul. Saving on your way to heaven, but you're sick in your soul. Your mind. You will. Oh, you saved, 
but you're an emotional train wreck. And the devil knows if I can just infect your soul, if I can infect the way you think, if I can affect the way you feel about yourself, if I can affect your emotions, if then I can get hold of your will, and then you're gonna start making wrong decisions, and then no man, it doesn't matter how saved you are, it doesn't matter how favored you are, it doesn't matter how anointed you are, if you ain't got no control over your mind, your will, and emotions, you will never come to the fullness of the plan that God had for you. He told Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, I know the plans I got for you, but it's up to you to come in alignment with my plans and manage your mind, your will, and your emotions via your soul. And if you never do that, you will die with all that untapped potential. But tell somebody, that won't be me. God said, it's about your soul. It's about your soul. Is this helping anybody today? So God's saying that we need to do some soul maintenance. I said it just a little bit. We need to do some soul maintenance. Tell somebody, do some soul maintenance. You do maintenance on your car. You do maintenance on your house. You do maintenance on your body. People going in the gym, they checking in. Facebook and let people know. After they finish, they show people, want to show people the sweat that they. <laughs> it was just good. Whatever motivates you because you should do maintenance. Anything that goes unmaintained will fall apart. But tell somebody, you got to do it on your soul too. This is what the devil, this is how he steals from us. He slowly toxifies us. He slowly contaminates us. That's why God said guard your heart with all diligence. Because how many of those things can get around your heart? It's not, that, 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 there's no kind of pain like a heart pain. An emotional gut wrenching. Get you down deep. Like down here where your pancreas is. You know, your soul. Anybody ever been hurt in your soul? Anybody ever been tired in your soul? Everything else follows the soul. Can anybody attest to that? And so the devil, he doesn't do it all at once. He doesn't do it like it's some poisonous gas toxifying us. He does it slow. He does it incremental. He does it methodically. All he has is time. See, his, seal, his fate has been sealed. He can't be redeemed. He's a fallen angel. All he has is time. Weighs us down. Puts a little drop of hurt. Puts a little drop of disappointment. Puts a little drop of envy puts a little drop of strife and you think it's just a little incident but no he's plotting out a strategy 
crucify you. It's just like one of the most dangerous things in this area of the country where we have basements. Some areas of the country because of the water because of the water table they can't do it but particularly in, in this area of the country where we can have basements you have to be also mindful of carbon monoxide it's an odorless tasteless gas to where it will slowly affect the way your body functions. All of a sudden you're having headaches so you know why you're having headaches. All of a sudden you're having sleep apnea and you don't know why you're having it. All of a sudden you just, I, I slept all night but I'm tired. Because it slow walks you down until it robs your body till one day they'll say on the news a family just died in their sleep and they said they didn't have a carbon monoxide detector they slowly got toxified to the point where the body could take no more it's a silent killer ain't nothing big where you coughing <coughs> you wheezing and your bronchial tubes close up bit by bit day by day moment by moment the place that should be the safest place your home is really poisoning you and the devil will use what's most familiar what's most in our routine to drop a little bit of poison weigh us down to the point where we wake up one day and our soul is like dead man's bones. And we wonder why, God, I pray, I'm praying to you, but I can't hear you. I feel like because the devil has weighed down your soul to such a degree, without you knowing it, every day he'll drop a he'll drop a little crumb. Get out the way. We're looking for the we were looking for the devil with a pitchfork. And we're looking for a salivating demon dog with drool coming out. And he does come in those forms. But while we're looking for the devil under the bush, he's coming in the back door. And he's poisoning us. Through the cares of life. Through trying to carry people that we don't need to be carrying. Through, through us worrying about things that are of no concern to us that you're not God and you can't fix anyway the devil is slowly dropping a little flake day by day, moment by moment crisis by crisis and we're thinking oh Lord I thank the Lord that I got through it but you don't even realize that gram by gram the devil is weighing you down and he's killing your effectiveness. You got to understand his mission is to steal, to kill, and to annihilate and destroy. Those are his three aims 
And don't think you're so special that he don't have that plan for you. Tell somebody, he's after you. Because you represent God and anything that represents God, he hates. And just because he's not erupting like a volcano in front of you, don't think he's not planning something. And don't think he's not depositing something in your life. Here's one thing that we have to make sure we understand, people of God. That we cannot mistake dysfunction for true function. Now that was worth the whole trip. Don't mistake dysfunction for true function. This is what I mean by this. Y'all remember when you went to go get a new car or even if it was a used car? First thing you look at, what kind of gas mileage does it get? Oh, we get 30 highway, 25 city. Oh, that's good. But then we don't follow the instruction manual. We don't go at, at 18,000 miles. We don't go at the checkups. And all of a sudden, man, it seems like I'm putting more gas in this thing. We bought it because it was efficient and effective. But because we have neglected, how many of you neglected your automobile? Let's just tell the truth and shame the devil. Oh, shoot, this thing sounds like it's running good. Oh, they don't really mean that 3,000 mile thing. They just doing that to get my money. Right? We done all said that, right? <laughs> he said, then all of a sudden, you go in when something happened, and then the man say, hey, it's time for you to get the radiator flush. It's time for you to get this cleaned out and that cleaned out. Oh, Lord, I came in here because the thing don't start right. And he telling me all this stuff. Well, this stuff you should have been gotten. You should have been gotten done the last two years that you have. And let's be honest. And all of a sudden, when they do that, and you give them $1,200 or whatever it is, you get that car back and say, man, this thing drives like new. Like, oh, man, the acceleration is good. It's because the efficiency has been going down and you didn't realize it. And that's what the devil does. He reduces our effectiveness. Not only for ourselves, but for the kingdom of God. It's the last thing I want to share with you. In order to do that proper maintenance, we've, we've established what God's desire is. We've established what our job is to do, is to accept that. And we've established what the devil's aim is, is to steal, kill, and destroy from us by slowly and incrementally. He'll have big things that will happen, but slowly and incrementally weigh us down. It's our job to do maintenance by making sure that we detox ourselves. Tell somebody, you must do detox. To detox is to purify your body from toxins, eliminating exposure to, to substances or factors that negatively impact you. It's what you have to do for yourself. Nobody takes a colon cleanse by accident. You intended to do that. You ain't drinking that tea and that stuff every day. Now all that bumbling and rumbling, you don't do that by accident. Amen? <laughs> so if we don't cleanse our bodies by, by accident, 
It's no amount of prayer lines. It's no amount, it's no amount of seed sown that's going to cleanse your soul. And so I, I, I want to dispel the myth, and I believe in deliverance ministry. The core of this ministry is that God's a power to deliver us. Amen? But deliverance is a moment where God gives you clarity. He frees you from the oppression and the weight of the enemy. But you've got to walk that thing out. God will give you freedom, but you've got to walk in that freedom whereby God has made you free. Is this good teaching today? And so many times we'll, we'll accept the deliverance of God and then go back and not change our ways, not change our methods, not change our environment. And we wonder how we get caught back up in the same thing. God said, you haven't done the proper detox. You haven't done the proper assessment of what got you here. And so you find yourself back in the same state, a worse state. It'd been better that you came, kept what you had rather than go, go back to, to the vomit like a dog. God said, you got to do detox. Knowing that living in this world, we're going to have contaminants. We're going to rub shoulders with the world and things are going to weigh us down and they're going to contaminate us. But we got to be intentional. Tell somebody, you got to intentionally cleanse yourself. Y'all remember growing up, every spring, mama lined everybody up. Hell, drink this. Lord have mercy they didn't know a lot but they knew that that would clean you out people didn't get sick that they used to get, to get sick now too tell somebody you must cleanse yourself let's cleanse yourself now let me tell you about some, de- some, 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 some facts about detox and we're about to get out of here is this blessing anybody today forces you to intentionally focus on yourself like I said I'm drinking this tea I'm taking these pills and I know that something's about to happen you don't do it by accident so in this period while, while we're detoxing our souls you have permission to be selfish you have permission to focus on yourself do you hear me tell somebody you've got permission See, people, people who are leeches, people who have a vested interest and you always feeding them and you always be in their safety net, they're going to come to you. Why are you acting like that? You ain't there for me like you used to be. It's because I can't help you until I help myself. I've been on an airplane about two times in the last week, right? Uh, about four times. I take about four flights. And one of the things they always say that in, in, in the case of loss of, of cabin pressure, these masks are going to fall down. And they tell you, secure your own mask before you try to assist somebody else. We're busy trying to be Captain America, save everybody else, and we ain't secured our own mask first. God said, in this period of these next couple of weeks, I needed you to be here Tuesday because we're going to dig in it a little more. It's important that you feel okay about this is a period where I'm focusing on my soul. 
my mind, my will, my emotions, my spirit, my well-being. Because I can't be the best wife or the best husband unless I focus on having a good soul. So many of us have been trying to be such gap fillers and such this and such that for people that we've lost our soul. We look in the mirror and we don't even know who we are anymore. God said focus on your soul. And so this is going to focus you on focusing on yourself intentionally. Detoxing is not a pleasant process. You're going to discover some things that are unsavory. You're going to discover some things. You're going through natural detox. There's some stuff going to come out like, oh, Lord. That came out of me. Anybody ever been there? Like, oh, who done died in here? That death was inside of you. it's not pleasant it may even be painful at moments but how bad do you want to be cleansed some people stop in the middle of their cleanse because it's too much some people go to rehab they call it getting detoxed and the, and, 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 and the midnight sweats and the, and, and, and the, and the convulsions that you have and, and the way the body turns on it says, what do you mean? I need this drug. I need the alcohol. I need this. What are you doing to me? And the body will literally turn on itself trying to fight because you've been feeding me this. You've been feeding me this. You've been feeding me this negativity. All of a sudden, you're going to cold turkey take it away from me? Be prepared for your mind and your will and your emotions to start having a fight with you. But the Bible said we got to bring ourselves under captivity to the obedience of Christ. That means you may have to bring your flesh, your emotions kicking and screaming. Say, so you're going to appreciate this later. You may not like it. You know, mama, you say, well, after, after she whipped you, it hurts you more than hurt me. Yeah, right, mama. But you're going to appreciate this later. So I, I, I'm not telling you this is going to be happy, hunky-dory. Hunky you're going to be faced with some ugly things. You're going to be faced with some painful things. You're going to see, feel uh, some things that are, are, are a little unsavory. But I'm telling you, just like Jesus said. No, no, like they said about Jesus. They said that Jesus endured the cross God I thank you because of the glory that was set before him meaning that the prize of us being redeemed back to the father was so appealing to Jesus that he was able to endure the cross he was all man just like we were he felt every pain he felt every wound he felt all the blood and the water gushing from him, but he was able to endure it But because he saw the end result. And he said, the end result is worth what I'm going through. Paul said it like this, the suffering of this present age. It's not worthy to be compared to the glory 
that shall be revealed. So I want you to set your mind on the glory. And if you keep your mind set on the glory, you can endure the hardness. You can endure the uncomfortableness. You can endure the uneasiness. You can endure the pain if you keep your eyes focused on the glory. Tell somebody, keep your eyes focused on the glory. Tell somebody, you can make it through this. Tell them, you can get through this. Tell them, focus on glory. The third thing is there's a wall. Every time you're doing something, whether it's a diet, whether it's running a marathon, whether it's doing something that is disciplinary, that is against what the mind and the flesh wants to do, you hit a wall where you want to give up. You hit a wall where you think, I can't take no more. God said, you can take it. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. We always think about that's about external fights. But this is about to be an internal fight. I'm preparing you now. This is an internal fight that you're going to face some things that you didn't want to face. And it'd be easier to walk away. It'd be easier to let things be. But God said, if you're willing to fight through the wall, if you're willing to fight through the resistance, you're going to find a second wind. Somebody say, thank you, God, for my second wind. And the last thing is, there's a promise that you will leave this better than when you started. Somebody stand to your feet. Tell somebody, you're going to leave this process better than when you started. Is there anybody that's going to join me on a, on a soul detox for the next couple of weeks? Hopefully I've made a clear case of why, God, why we need to do it. But people say, oh, well, you know, I'm doing good. I'm doing all right. But couldn't you be doing better? Just because your car cranks up and runs doesn't, isn't running at its best. Are you operating at your best? Could you be? Could you be living better? Could you be loving better? Could you be functioning better for God? Could you? Could you? Could you? I would. I would argue that yes, you can be. There are always higher heights and deeper depths in God, but it requires. It's not gonna come through a hand being laid on you. It's not gonna come from a prophet speaking into your life. It's gonna come out of your soul. Let me see the hands of those that are going to join me in a soul detox over the next couple of weeks. Let me tell you something. This last thing I want to show you. Hebrews 12 and 1 says this. Wherefore seeing we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. This is the part that we play. Let us lay aside every way and every sin that so easily besets us. Here's the purpose we gotta lay aside the, lay aside the weight and the sin. And let us run this race with patience that is set before us. The writer of Hebrews, he gave us this example right here because he wants us to run our race effectively.
If you've ever watched any kind of marathon, any kind of track meet, they wear light clothes. I mean, the clothes wear weight ounces. The shoes weigh ounces. They ain't heavy like these things I got on. They weigh ounces because they want to be as swift as possible. They don't want to carry any more weight than necessary. So God said, you have to lay away aside the weights and the, and the sins that easily weigh us down. So there's five things I want to share with you and then we're going to pray. Five steps that we want to follow to detox in our soul. First step is you, are, you have to, over these next couple of weeks, identify the things that you are toxified with. Everybody's not toxified with the same thing. Some may have low self-esteem. Some may have, you know, low self-worth. Some of us may have envy and strife and unforgiveness in our hearts. Some of us may have a God complex thinking that we have to go and save and be the savior for everybody. I don't know what your toxification is, but the same way God has tailor-made blessings for you, the enemy has sent tailor-made toxins to toxify your soul. The Bible says we have to lay aside the weights. You have to identify the weights. The next thing is, we have to pray for help. That you're not in this thing alone. That this is a spiritual thing. And we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, forces, rulers of darkness, and high places. So tell somebody, you need help. God wants this to happen. But he can't get involved unless we give him permission. How do we give him permission? We give him permission by praying to him and ask him for help. We have not because we ask not. And so many times we try to do things in our own strength. We try to do things in our own reasoning. We try to do things in our own finite knowledge instead of asking God for supernatural help. God is supernatural. When you get to the end of your natural ability, then I put my super on top of your natural. Tell somebody you need God's help. Third thing is, once we identify, once we pray for God's help, then it's time for you to eliminate God's not going to take it away. Like the word of God said in Hebrews 12 and 1. You lay aside every weight. That means you go to it, you pick it up, you take it over, you put it in a trash can, or you put it, you put it, and you light the match, and you burn it like a plow till it can never impact your life again. Tell somebody, you eliminate it. God, take this away. No, God said you get rid of it. You know what it is. Number four. Somebody say number four. After you eliminate it, you've got to replace it with something. If you eliminate without replacement, there is a void to which the enemy is looking for a place to get back in and fill again. It has occupied your mind, your will, and emotions. If you don't replace it with something healthy and something good, it's not just what you don't do, it's what you do in place of what you used to do. 
Or if not, you're going to fall back in the old habits, old ways, old methods, and you'll find yourself bound again. Amen? And the last thing is, we have to be intentional to replenish. Replace, and then we have to replenish. Not only ourselves, but once we're whole, then we're fit to go and replenish others. We've been trying to pour out and be the replenishment for others when we've had need of restoration ourselves. I can't give you nothing if I'm empty. And I know know y'all got hearts and you want to see everybody around you saved, set free, and delivered. But like I said, like the airline said, you got to secure your own mask before you secure the mask of others. How many are going to join me on detoxing your soul? Tell somebody, come on, tell somebody, confirm and tell somebody, I'm going to detox my soul. Tell them I'm committed to detoxing my soul. Because your life is going to flow out of your soul. So it will behoove us clean out these souls. Come on, let's hold hands with somebody. God, we thank you, Lord, for what you've spoken and what you've done in this room today. Thank you, Lord, how with the simplicity of your word. We have gathered in this place, God. And you have reminded us that one, you love us. You have a high desire that we prosper. But you have educated us today, God, that the true prosperity is going to come through our souls. And so, God, right now, we thank you, Lord, for the revelation knowledge that you have brought to us. And so, God, right now, we commit over these next couple of weeks and whenever necessary, God, to do maintenance on our souls, on our minds, our will, and our emotions. Lord, for it's with the mind that we serve, God. You've given us emotions as the salt and pepper of life, God, but, those, but we must manage it. And Lord, it's our will that we prove that we love and we have fidelity towards you. So Lord, we thank you right now, Lord, that you empower your people. Lord, as we are at the beginning of this journey, we thank you, Lord, that you are empowering us. You are empowering us right now to take this journey. A journey begins with one step, God. We're making the first step, God, of cleansing our souls, cleansing the way we think, cleansing our emotions and getting control over them and having control over our will and our actions. God, we are taking the first step, God, but we, right now, God, we submit ourselves to you. And we submit ourselves to the process, knowing that it may be unpleasant, knowing that it may be unsavory, knowing that it may be a little bit painful, God. But nevertheless, God, we know that you are going to not going to take us into anything that is not going to be for our good. According to Romans 8 and 28, God, all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, who are the called according to his purpose. So, God, we are excited with no trepidation with no fear God 
we are excited about our souls being cleansed. Oh God, we thank you, Lord, for the healings that are about to spring forth once our souls are cleansed. We thank you, Lord, for the relationships that are going to be restored once our souls are cleansed. We thank you, Lord, for the doors of favor that are about to be flung wide open once our souls are cleansed. That's been the thing holding us up, God. You desire that we prosper and be in good health, but our souls haven't been prospering. So, Lord, we thank you. And, Lord, we pray strength and determination in the hand that we hold. We pray an unwavering, we pray an unwavering, unrelenting attitude into the hand that we hold. We pray a strong determination into the spirit of our brother and our sister even now. Lord, give them a bulldog-like faith that I don't care what comes to oppose me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We cannot be stopped. We cannot be deterred. We will not be forsaken and we will not be turned around. And we will accomplish wherefore the God, the mission that God has sent us. God was so excited about what you're about to do in us. We're so excited how we're going to hear you more clearly than we've ever heard you before. That you're going to give us defined directions that are going to lead us into green pastures that we have never seen before. And it's all a result of our decision to cleanse our soul and to lay aside every way. God, we love you. God, we trust you. And we are excited about what you're about to do in us. What you're about to do through us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Somebody give God a praise. If you're excited about what God's about to do, if you're excited about I'm about to go where I've never gone. I'm about to do what I've never been able to do. I'm about to fulfill what God has called me to do. Come on, somebody give God praise. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 1030 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.